Welcome listeners to the pod. Goodness me, it is episode 19. Can you believe it, Ben? Not not really. No. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Yet again we thunder onwards and this evening as always we've got on the hobby desk where Ben has painted so much he's actually had to have a rest. Would you believe? <laughs> And um, <laughs> then we go into the Galaxy of War, looking at some cool new artwork we've been enjoying, some cool articles um, in White Dwarf this month, into the mortal realms where there's stuff that smells funny, looks grumpy, and wields a big axe. And some Oryx. <laughs> that's, that's just Ben, by the way. And uh, <laughs> long pause, long pause. <laughs> Then we go forth. <laughs> I've, I've stopped myself in the flow. Then we go forth. Hail to the community. Ben has been beavering away on the website. We've got some things to talk about there. And when it comes to the wilds, right now, we really don't know, but we're hoping to come up with something. So, guys, <laughs> thank you for joining us. You know what I say? Grab some refreshments. And we'll see you on the hobby desk. <laughs> Hi guys, and welcome to uh, On The Hobby Desk. Um, what have we got to talk about this hobby desk? So mainly it's madness with my Oryx. Madness. madness. Madness, I tell you. And uh, Dan's been playing in so on, and we're going to talk about that later. Oh, you've got your Demon Prince, dude. I have. He's with your done. blood. He took a long time. Like, he, he did take a long time. It, yeah, it just seemed not as long as the um, Forge Fiends took, to be fair. The sort yeah, but there was two of those. Epicness. Yeah, it's true. Well, this guy has two claws yes. and two wings. So we, I, I've never, I've got to be honest, I've never really liked the model. No, um, I, I don't either, but he's really good in the game. No, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we say in jest what our heart most means. Anyway, quickly move on. I, well, I think I think you're right. Though. I think there's an element of that that sometimes when it, you're buying an army, yeah, you, you end up having to have something in that you, if you if you're a serious gamer, you you need to make a purchase sometimes that you don't really get or like model wise or even background wise. Like I'm a re- I'm really funny about the Wolfen, like huge, I'm hugely funny about the Wolfen because mm. I think um, I don't I really want to sort of start spreading the idea that I'm a serious gamer because my my record means yeah it's not good so <laughs> <laughs> you bet you do get where i'm coming from though i do get where you're coming from i mean yeah. to be fair initially when i i wanted a demon prince because let's be honest he moved 12 inches and he tore stuff up in combat and so i wanted him and then i was <laughs> like well i'm not sure about the model but when i got the model and i started building it and I thought, mm-hmm, yeah, I'll get over it. But actually, now he's done. I I do really like him. Genuinely, really like him. I'm glad I went for quite a big base because it brings him up a bit in height. Yeah, um, I I think the base looks really good, mate. Thank I you. I really do, and I'm, I really like the um the blood dripping off of his claw. I know you're of two minds about it, but I think the problem I- is that I had is I was really pleased when before I'd done the blood. 
Like I really felt like from a brush control perspective with some of the highlights, not totally. And, and I'm sure there'll be people out there who are amazing at painting and will, will be like, what are you talking about? But for me personally, he was a real win in sort of neat and tidy. And, yeah. And then I went and started like splattering him in blood. And that, that's why I was a bit like, oh, but. Yeah, he looks cool, and and it will fit once I finally, and I talk about this every episode, once I finally get around to doing that sort of effect on a few more of the other models, then it will draw the army together. But I am going to use your sort of sponging idea, because I hadn't considered that with blood, and I think, for me, I just prefer the fact that it's random, but more more sort of... Controlled. Controlled randomness, rather than... Just hoping that when you rub a couple of toothbrushes together, something will go well. (laughs) (laughs) Which is sort of the approach I took. Um, I think, um, I think getting blood splatter right is, I think it's really tough actually. I think it's, it's one of those things that when it's it's going back a few episodes, we were talking, we talked about weathering. And in fact, I spoke to Tommy Saul about it, about how I, when I first, got into the hobby or first became half good, half reasonable at a hobby i used to think that weathering was a bit of a cop out in that um in that you could paint it almost as badly as you wanted and then you could weather it to hide your mistakes now i don't get me wrong i i still think that there is a use of weathering is to hide some of the bits that you weren't particularly happy with but i think but i even you, said I, that didn't i <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> My um, salamanders. But the more I look, the the more I've sort of searched through Instagram or watch things coming in, the more I'm seeing things that just completely change in my mind about it. And I'm seeing weathering as a as a spectrum from covering stuff up to absolutely sublime. Um like we I found um and shared as a model of the day the other day, um Instagram feed by a chap called Proteus. Um, yeah, his, you show, it's just mad. Yeah, absolutely mad. stunning, and it's it's made up of thousands of tiny little lines of of a meta- of a metallic paint, so either bolt gun or the equivalent, or maybe a little bit brighter. But the overall effect is it's just a, it's mind blowing, and the blood effect on it. I think blood effect is is one of those things where you, you can get the same. You can go from the sublime to the ridiculous and um i think you did i think it looked really good on your model i like particularly like the pool in it looks like it makes sense so the blood's coming off of one thing and dripping onto another um and i really like that but um i think there's a bunch of techniques that i'd like to give a have a go at as well like um we talked about spraying air through a load yeah. paintbrush didn't we to see how to see how that went and um I might try that on a, on slightly larger models. I kind of imagine with that though that you'd get, and I could be wrong, but I, I sort of think you'd get one sort of impact. I don't know. I think you might need to change the setting on your um, compressor. Mine's just gone off. I I thought that's I what it was. It's been going on in but the shed I thought for us. if I don't draw, if I don't talk, it'll be easy for you to edit out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long it's been on for. <laughs> Just pumping away. Anyway, I, I think you might need to turn the the pressure up quite a bit higher, mm. um, and then and then I reckon you could get a bit of focus, and I reckon you could control it by how much of the blood for the blood god or your equivalent blood mix is on the brush. So um, I reckon if you just globbed it onto the brush and then sprayed it through, you're going to end up with a 
a mess that looked like a scene from Dexter yeah. or something. I've, it's interesting. I like the technical paints a lot, but they're not as they're not as easy uh, as I thought they might be to use to get. You've got you've got to think about what you're doing. Like I tried using the what is it called? Nylac oxide? Is it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Recently, and I found that harder than I was expecting, just because of trying to paint it into the smaller areas. Yeah, and the Nurgles rock, but I mean they're great. Don't get me wrong, they're great. Um, they're just not the sort of easy addition I was maybe expecting. Which I'm sure some people find them very easy, and I'm sure other people are thinking, "Yeah, I, I feel your pain." <laughs> I think they're like every paint and every paint technique that they. It's like when people first say, "Oh, you should dry brush. It's really easy." But then there's dry brushing, and then there's dry brushing. And, you know, it's the same with washes. I should wash, it's really easy. It makes everything so much easier. But there's washing done well and washing done badly. And I think those technical paints are exactly the same. I think the, the technical paint range, the only one I'm not really sold on is the Re- Reaver's Rust. Because I think it's too orange. Um, and I don't, I don't like it as much as other rust effects out there, if that makes any sense. I mean, I see, I see rust effects on people's miniatures and think that's so much better. Than... There's some great rust ones out there, though. There is, really, really, really is. Um, you, to be honest, when yeah. it comes to weathering, there's some whole ranges like the AK range of yeah. stuff. It's it's just phenomenal. It's just stuff you don't even think about. Yeah, it's yeah. just crazy. I'm I'm really glad you've you've gone for the blood for the blood cord. Well, as, no, really well it's too late now, so I'm gonna definitely. And it's one of those things I suspect. Well. I hope the more I do it, obviously, the better it will. Yeah, it will come out. But then, as I said to you, I'm painting my blood secretor at the moment, and then that's it. I'm not not painting any more corn. Uh huh. You don't sound like you believe me. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We'll one of the things, go, going back to blood, one of the things I've started to do more recently, largely because of um, painting wait, with markers. Wait, wait, wait. It's gone on too long. I need to reassure the listeners that that wasn't true. And I am going to paint more corn. But it didn't develop as a joke like I was expecting. So I've just kind of got to get in there and save the day. I don't think anyone was under any impression that you were never going to paint corn again, dude. No, probably not. But it was a good excuse to... Um, <laughs> legitimately interrupt you <laughs> as you start talking so um what well, yeah painting with marcus on painting night i've started now to do my um blood effects in two layers so at least two layers so setting down a mixture of blood for the blood gourd and non oil um i wash it on um to look like dried blood and then go over once that's dry with blood Flesh, fresher looking blood. So that's something that I think is quite quite. Because you've gone quite quite a lot with the weathering on the Oryx, haven't you? I have, yeah. I, that, that's because I took a line from the book and just went with it because it says that they're they're covered in stuff of battle. You know, the the, the stuff that would accumulate after battle. So um, I've, I have gone for the the weathering quite a bit on them. Um, and you you had a bit of a mad rush, didn't you? To because unlike me, you've actually yeah taken yeah. to try and get this challenge done. 
Well, I think it's a nice challenge. I think the first month was a bit of a bitch. <laughs> a whole, a whole started getting started box set in a in a month is quite tough. Um, I could have done them in a more easy style. I know I could, but I don't. I don't know why I do it to myself. To be honest, going with white, and I've never really done a white army. It's was a bit of a challenge, but nonetheless, they're done. Um, How many models was it? It's not many, which is really frustrating. It's fourteen models. Um, well, it's still your mo- ratio is fourteen to one. No, it's fifteen to one because you've done Stink Mullet versus me, isn't it? Because I did yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, it was it was a bit of a rush. They they did all get done. I'm really chuffed with how they've turned out. Um, and I looking think forward Stink- to uh, rebasing those fifty-two moon can grots, oh. aren't you? Don't thrilled, no. thrilled by oh. the prospect. Yep, yeah. I, uh, I I took the grass effect off with uh, with boiling water. Yes, and it's um, it's misted the varnish on some of them and lifted some of the paint off of others. It's just a bloody oh, nightmare. Dear. Fifty-two, 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 man. Why does that? <laughs> <laughs> With, with basing them wasn't bad enough, but no, yeah, I, I'm really happy with how the basing turned out on on the army. So I'm in a way happy to go back and redo the goblins because I'm 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 wanting to get a larger destruction army because I really like a lot of the destruction range to be honest, and it gives me an excuse to buy some of the Beast Claw Raider models for a start. Yeah, and um, you're gonna just... add a more crusher next, is that right? Yeah, I made the mistake of asking people what to do next, and they've said the Maw Crusher. I've not, I don't think I've ever painted a, a monster that big. I've painted vehicles it's that phenomenal. big. Phenomenal. I can't wait until you do it. Imagine what you can get up to with the base. It's huge. Yeah, I'm going to use the big dragony skull thing from the skull pack. And oh, I'm yeah. Gonna use, yeah, I'm going to use a, f- a few things on it. I'm really quite excited about it, actually. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's so cool. But um I'm gonna I'm gonna airbrush the monster. Yeah. So I'm not not a little bit scared about that. Because <laughs> I'm gonna largely do it with the airbrush and see how it turns out. Mm-hmm. And then and maybe work back into it with shading and um highlighting to repair bits that I've buggered up. But I don't know what colour to do it, mate. No, I was just thinking about that. I probably something Because I thought red. And then I thought, well, yeah, well, red would work with the army, but it. But then I thought, actually, I quite like it to be a different colour that still worked with the army. Yeah. So then I thought green, but then I don't know. I'm really struggling with the colour. I'm like, going around in circles. Mm, like a lighter green, maybe. I've gone from red to green to brown. I even went for purple for a little bit because I stink mullets um I think brown I think you're onto something there actually more of a realistic sort of tone brown working into green in places perhaps hmm what sort of brown reddy brown or yellowy brown I, no oh, like ready. an earthy brown like like a real beast hmm yeah we'll I look think that's up probably... some reference material yeah google search real dragons and see what comes up <laughs> It's going to be effective. Oh, thanks, <laughs> Mr. Sarcastic. I was thinking more like, you know, I don't know, elephants that are obviously grey, but... 
<laughs> crocodiles. Brown elephants. <laughs> crocodiles, yeah. Exactly. They're kind of a brownie green, See, aren't they? you can be sensible when you put your effort into it. Only only, only a little bit. Yeah. It wears off. It, wears off. it takes a lot of effort. Excellent. So, so um, anything that's else? Next. Well, a stink mullet. I'm, oh, God, oh, yeah, I'm so chuffed with stink mullet that I think he's the best thing I've ever painted. Yeah? Well, I haven't seen him in the flesh yet, so... And you've painted some awesome stuff. I, do, I can't... I was so happy with it when I finished, because I tried a lot of things that I don't normally do. Like, I started from a... Um, I, I did it grey, and then zenithed it with white, so the base coat I started with was very bright, and then I sort of washed the areas in the colour, so that was something new for me, and then worked it up from there. And I've gone far higher with the highlights than I do on a lot of things. Um... No, I can't think of a model that I've painted better. So I'm really chuffed with him. Um, I, I love the colour palette. Like, you've got so much going on colour-wise that he, he looks, in a good way, he looks as mental as you imagine he is in the ga- in the um, background. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to... I, I really struggled to use him to tie together my goblins by going for earthier tones um, and the oryx by throwing the red and white in there. Yeah, but you did um, it so well with the cap. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's quite white when you look down from above, but... <laughs> but that's... A, oh, yeah. That's it, all right, then. I, I'm quite happy with him. I didn't weather him. I chose not to weather him. I did think about doing chipping on his nose and stuff, but in the end, I thought, no. I'm going to leave him just as he is. Well, I think yeah. he looks ace, mate. Thank you. Fair I'm really enough. chuffed with him. Fair enough. So... We were talking earlier today. I think um, I don't know how other people do it, really, because I, I suppose it's because I had such a long break. But I've got a metric buttload of stuff to paint, and there's a, there's a bunch of it that I can put to one side and say, "Well, I'll paint that when I've got some time." Like um, you know, models that you pick up randomly working in Games Workshop. Like you get caught in the moment and buy a box set of Empire State Troops. Yeah. Even though I th- uh, even though I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a box of those bloody things, which I <laughs> much preferred the old Empire models. But, um, With no shoes. Oh no! Sh- oh, don't even. It just does my nut. <laughs> I just I can't. I don't like them. But I've got anyway. Th- I've got them. They'll get shoes sculpted on, but eventually. <laughs> but I'm thinking of I a pet. I, I can't. No, you can- Soldiers can't go to battle without shoes on me. It's ridiculous. Well, maybe they threw them at like an angry auric or something. Or auric, well, I, I do, I do say that they did take their shoes off in Agincourt because the mud was so bad. Um, anyway, uh, we were talking about doing like a painting or having a painting schedule, which I didn't think was such a bad idea. Um, well, you said you wanted one, didn't you? Because you think that you paint better under. What I do. Or I get things done under that. Like, I got your Necromunda guys done fairly quickly because I wanted them done for your birthday. Um, or for Tenebris. So, um. So, really, to incentivize you then, you should just paint stuff for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, who's gonna, who's gonna paint stuff for me? <laughs> well, that's not my concern. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's something I'm seriously thinking about. 
And I, d- but I don't know how if anyone is listening and they they do painting schedules or they plan out their painting for the year. What do they do? Because I really like to hear. Then there's things that we talked about, like the um, the, the New Year's resolutions. But that's kind of not what I'm thinking about. Because I want to get. I've got a load of older box sets that I'd quite like to do, like the Space Hulk and Hero Quest and um. The old blood bowl, the new blood bowl, that goes on and on, doesn't it? But um, I quite like to fit those in. Um, well, I think, I mean, I know we spoke about this a little bit earlier, but I think that with stuff like that, you need to say, this year I'm going to do, now I said to you maybe one, one every three months, but some of those box sets could take three months. Um, so maybe say, right, I'm going to do two. I'm going to do a modern one and an old one. Yeah. Maybe even say, I'm going to do two. One of those is going to be a new release because they do bring out new ones, don't they? Well, the box games. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think I'd just like to get... The thing is, it probably won't take me long to paint the Hero Quest one because they're significantly less detailed. Hmm. Whereas if you compare it to something like Silver Tower... That's that's probably two months' work straight off the bat. Yeah, I think if you wanted to make them models in the half decent. Yeah, there's a lot in there. Um, but, but I think you, I, I mean, get the thing is, I think you've already got the the basis of this. So you know, for example, that you you said all along this year that you wanted to be getting an AOS army up together. Yeah, that's yeah. But so, if I hadn't if I hadn't done Malign Portents, I probably would have done a month of AOS, a month of 40k, a month of AOS, a month of 40k, and yeah. worked my way through the year like that. But, but So then all I, you need to do is work out what in the month you want to paint. Yeah. And you've got, you know, you've just, I know it's going to be different depending on different painting styles, but you've got a good uh, reference point in how long it took you to do what you've just done. Too long. <laughs> A month. God, it seems a lot longer than that. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I'd be interested to know how other people kind of work it out. So do people literally just pick up a project and paint it until they're finished and then go, well, what should I do next? Or do they go, I'm going to give myself this amount of time to do this project and I'm going to get it done in that amount of time because I need to move on? Um, or... Or do they change and mix between the two? Or how, how do they plan their year? Or do they plan their year? Or am I just being far too organised? Um, but I'd like to, I'd like to think. I'm trying to find a way of not being completely overwhelmed by what I've got to do. That's do what I was going to say. I think the thing is, it's not different. People take different approaches. What you're talking you're, about? Yours is... was to sell everything. <laughs> well, yeah, but he, he, you know that was an approach. I I chose to get rid of a lot of the backlog. Yeah. Um, because it was just giving me nightmares. Like I was waking up in the night in a cold sweat with visions of box sets of unpainted miniatures falling on me. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's just about having something, some way to, in your Manage head, it. feel like you're, you, you've got some control over the amount of stuff you've got. Harriet always says, like, you should make a list. And on the list, the first thing on the list should be something you've already done. So you can straight away tick something off your list. 
That's quite a sensible idea, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I just... I, the trouble I, is, I, she does all these lists for me, but I keep losing them. That's why nothing, <laughs> no, none of the hoovering gets done. <laughs> so so I, I am interested to hear what other people do. I'm very interested too. So if if you have a way of dealing with this that isn't selling everything that you own, then uh, give, or give us um, a line. Also, well, they might just say, just send all your stuff to me, Ben. I won't take any money, so that doesn't count as selling. Or I won't give you any yeah. money. Perhaps. Perhaps. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, that was some solid on. input from me, wasn't it? Yeah. No. No. But. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Are you, are you done now? Yeah, I think I'm done. You good? You good? Um, yeah, I think All I'm right. good. Okay, well, in that case, while they're still awake, let's move on into the galaxy of war. Welcome back, listeners. The pod continues to thunder on towards yet another planet uh, through now the galaxy of war so ben and i have it's fair to say probably done a bit less 40k over the last couple of weeks haven't we really or 40k 30 yeah, what have you. Been, so yeah. we have had a look in white dwarf for some inspiration um and there's a couple of cool things in there we want to talk about so the Tau for a start so we've seen the Tau appear again with their new codex and um yeah but have you read much about it i i've been terrible i've not actually really looked at i haven't i i, I haven't to be honest um but you it's really bad but i don't i genuinely the tower i've always found are, are a bit weird i think it's because they still feel like an outsider even in from work <laughs> it sounds weird doesn't it but i know they are in the in the background and i i think it's because they're new and they haven't been there for the whole time that i've been mm. playing they still feel a bit weird and a bit outside i i do want i sorry, say <laughs> no carry on no don't worry about right. me okay I'll <laughs> so i did want to pick up the codex and have a look at the background because apparently they're into their is it fifth sphere now of expansion and they they've are, used yeah. some they're kind of rift sphere, to yeah. appear on other parts of the galaxy well it's it talks about that rift um or it talks about the technology in the fourth expansion um and how it was a total mistake in some ways i'm not really sure what the what they mean by that that's in the white dwarf i think um and the ethereal have done their best to sort of limit people getting their hands on it or using I suppose it. it's interesting because the tower when you think about it in percentage of galaxy that they inhabit is so small oh. and therefore the ratio of living tau versus many of the other races is going to be very small so their technology is great yeah. but I suppose at the moment they're sort of driven by this we can overcome anything Aren't they? And then, but then, yeah, yeah I was going to say, but then faced, I, I know there's a great, there used to be a great piece of background around like the first time the Tau come across a hive world and they can't quite believe it because yeah. there's as many 
humans on one world as there is in like most of Tau space of Tau. Um, yeah. And yeah. then when you're faced yeah, yeah. with like the horror of the Tyranids and chaos, you know, it's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot to have to deal with. I think, um, I think when you look at the Tau and all their artwork, and um, I really liked the artwork article in the, um, in the White Dwarf, and it talks about. I'll give you a, a you know a little readout of it. Um, this piece shows a tower city under construction. It's clean, beautiful, and full of hope. The opposite of an imperial city, and that's entirely right. They are just they're kind of a bit naive, and that's what I get across from them all the time. That I think if they actually genuinely had to face down what was coming out of the Eye of Terror, I don't think they'd be able to believe what they were having to fight. No, again, there's another Four. picture in the White Dwarf where they're fighting the Death Guard, though, and it talks about yeah. how, well, in the artwork. It talks about how they band together and fight as one, and they use their superior tactics. Yeah, in that picture, yeah. I I like them, and actually, I dabbled with them once for a small period just before we started the podcast. I think I think I painted a couple of drones. Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah, for um for us for a Armageddon. Um, yeah, kill team. So yeah, I still got the drones. Yeah. I really um. I really like them, and I, I, I I'd love, love the to do an army of them in the white with the airbrush. I reckon you could make them look pretty cool. The white and red, I yeah, like I do like the red. white and red. And now, I, now I've done the white for the Oryx with the um, with my airbrush. I'm feeling a bit more confident. Do you know, I'm flicking through trying to find where it's talking about expansions in this co- in this white dwarf, and I got a, I got a feeling. I've read it somewhere you else. You probably just... saw it on the community page. I mean, now there's so much cool stuff comes out of the community page. All... Yeah, but it talk it talks about the fourth expansion and how they've found a way of breaking in outside of reality to transport, and um, it doesn't go at all how they <laughs> planned. <laughs> Which I'm guessing, I'm, I'm I'm guessing it's um, that they worked out how to try to use the warp and. Um, wasn't what they hoped it would be. No, I think that's but, probably um, true of most races it, that yeah. have ended up in the warp. Yeah. Anyway, so the there other we go. really cool uh, thing I wanted to talk about from White Dwarf that is in the galaxy of war, as it were, was Ben Greaves's um, Iron Legion. Oh, it's, it's phenomenal, isn't it? It is brilliant. Absolutely that for me phenomenal. Is like a that's like what a, what. That's when I'm excited about apocalypse. This is what I'm seeing. <laughs> I'll get those words out in a minute. Yeah. It's an actual <laughs> massive, coherent, badass-looking army, isn't it? And it looks fantastic. And he ties it together as so well. What, so, like, what is your feeling on the on the um, on the land speeders? Because the moment I saw the land speeders, I thought of you. Honestly. Well, yeah, no, obviously, uh, yeah. It, I'm just going to tell a lie. What do I think of the land spears? Because uh, you said to me I once don't before, get it. if you're going to do 30k... I yeah. don't get it. It's a much more reasonable way of getting five yeah, but, land spears, but... though. <laughs> Look at that army picture, dude. See, that flashed through my head, but I was like, but there's no way, there's no way this guy has thought, hmm... Finance-wise, 
how can I control the cost of this army? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's yeah, a flipping ridiculous idea. So, have you noticed um, that there's a Redemptor Dreadnought? Yes, yes, I loved that. I thought that was very cool. Um, yeah, you do. It looks cool. It's painted nice, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. It looks gorgeous. But do you reckon he's using it as a council's leviathan? Ooh, probably. Probably. But then he. It might be that he uses. I wonder if he uses some bits. It might be because he uses some bits for forty k. I don't mm. know. It'd probably be really, really good if rather than just looking at the pictures. I've read read the article. Because <laughs> I just... He talks, he talks about the Redemptor. It's in the first paragraph. Um, so yeah, the land speeders, I don't, I'm not, I don't really get... But then at the end of the day, it's each to their own. I mean, the land speeder model's a nice model. I just happen to think that the, the 30k one is a nicer model. Um, I'm really excited about the upcoming one that's copied yeah, Rogue Trader. I, I do, it's funny, isn't it? Because I absolutely love land speeders. They're, for me, they're one of the things that, that really map how, how, how 40k has developed aesthetically. So when you come to tanks, there is only really two, maybe three generations of tanks in the Imperium. So you've got the old Rhino chassis. And the new Rhino chassis. And you, you could say that then there's the Forge World ones for 30k. You could. But really, it's only two, isn't it? When you think about it. Whereas, with it's the land speeder. I think that there's almost a land speeder for every generation. So there's that rogue trader one where there's no canopy. It's just two dudes perched on a stick with a jet attached to it. <laughs> um, and hoping to God they don't fall off, I'm guessing. Um, and then there's that, the second edition land speeder is one of my favorite models of all time. Um, and it was, I got it for Christmas from someone, from Marcus. Um, I can't, uh, I can't wait to paint it. I really can't because I loved it when I was a kid. I, I, I wanted a Dreadnought, I wanted a Land Raider, I wanted all those things, but I really wanted the Metal Land Speeder. And then they did the plastic one, and then they did the Forgeord one, and now they're going back and almost completing that circle. There's even been two generations of the current style, which I think, in a way, it maps 40k in its own way, because the original one was an absolute arse hat to put together. I don't know if anyone remembers it. It was just yes. horrendous. Um, yeah. It ended up looking like one of those um, elastic band balls that you find kicking around yeah, offices, did, yeah. just trying to make so the thing didn't have holes in it. Um, but the, the then they had the kind of redesign and it included the plastic bits to go on the bottom. Um, so the, uh, the, you know, the extra weapons to, and the, you know, the um, typhoon. Missile pods, all of those things were added to it. So I just think land speeders, just for me, are the kind of yardstick of 40k. Well, for, certainly space. Don't forget 40K. the crazy Dark Angel but, ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever that flying monstrosity <laughs> is. But, um, 
<laughs> so ridiculous. Um, looks like, I think I've said this before, but it looks like the thing from, uh, from Masters of the Universe. <laughs> it does. It really does. I think this army's phenomenal going back to the iron, iron. I love the, I love the fact that it kind of balances out that article at the front, um, which talks about getting started in the 30k, and I'm really excited that they've got an article like that in the White Dwarf. I mean, it's only two pages, but it's two solid pages. And I think um, it's not much text. It's a kind of visual guide, isn't it? I love it. I think it's really good. About choosing your allegiance for the Emperor, Death of the False Emperor, and then which one you go for. Love it. Yeah, it's very good. I thought that was good. It's funny, though, because in 30k, as I've said before, I'm just completely a loyalist. It's funny what 10,000 years will do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to comment. Honestly, uh, I, my... I love, I love it. I love being, I love the loyalist stuff in in 30k. Yeah, but, I do too. And and on that note, I have actually been listening to Flight of the Eisenstein. So I have got 45 minutes and 34 seconds left to go. <laughs> Has um, Dawn punched him in the face yet? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Poor dudes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Here, I bring this really important piece of information for Bob! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, but, but it's I'm great. Really trying to help. It's great because Yachton is like, yeah, but let's be honest, Dawn, you kind of believe him a little bit, don't you? Because otherwise he'd be dead. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, so yeah. So true. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. So, but it's just heartbreaking. It's like some kind of crazy emotional roller coaster. This series. What's really funny though, I have to mention this, and hopefully he'll hear it and he'll laugh. Is Marcus has obviously <laughs> it's just come up on my computer when somebody says something on Facebook, and he has some choice words to say about Erebus because he's part way through False Gods. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you think you don't like him now, dude? <laughs> Just wait. Yeah, so it's really cool to be to be listening back through them. Um, Fulgrim next, which I remember being one that I I think I actually threw it across the room. This horrible book. Mm. It's it's fantastic. Two books I've done well that with. One of the Uriel Ventress ones, and um and Fulgrim. So, but I will listen to it. I, I to be honest, I'm really looking forward to getting probably another. Eight or nine in because I, I, at this point, I was still reading them as they came out. Yeah. So I yeah. have actually read them, but it's, um, I, d- I don't know how you could listen to Fulgrim. I, I, I wonder how it's voice out. I'm quite interested to see how it turns out. Because... Oh, it's interesting actually for, um, for our American listeners. Um, one of the Imperial Fists is voiced with a very American accent. Which, what in Fulgrim? No, no, in um, in Flight of the Eisenstein. Oh right, okay, yeah. Which, which being oh, from not? you know, the West Country, I was like, <laughs> here, he doesn't sound the same as me. <laughs> 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 Obviously, not very many of them do. <laughs> but I don't know which legion that would be that would uh, be uh, partaking of pasties and scones. Um, the Hobbits, the Hobbit Legion. 
Yeah. Squats. Halflings. Um, oh, what do they call them? Yeah. The, the rat Ratlings. Ratlings, yeah. you mean? Yeah. <laughs> A legion of ratling sniper space marines. <laughs> <laughs> Get on me, handsome. <laughs> <laughs> that would be think... brilliant. Garrow would turn up and be like, Horus has turned traitor. Get on. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he at then? <laughs> Let me at him. What are you bloody talking about? <laughs> They got some funny ideas up over the Tamar mum. <laughs> <laughs> this is gone a bit off track now. <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> what were you talking about? Oh, the heresy stories. Yes. Full, full groom. And I'm also... I Do you know what? This will shock you. Do not fall off your chair. I am reading, like, ye old school looking at words on a page and putting them together in my yeah. in my mind, um, Magos, the new Eisenhorn novel. Oh, cool. And it, because I got so excited and um, I needed something to, to read because uh, I spend too much time flicking through the iPad when I go to bed and the mm. light isn't good for your brain, apparently, or something like that. The blue light, yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, Belgian buns aren't good for me stomach, but they're bloody lovely, so I'd eat them. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'm reading the Magos, and I don't think I've actually got into the actual novel yet, because it's got a lot of the... It's got all the Eisenhorn short stories in it. Oh, cool. And it's quite yeah. cool, because in the front of the book, what Dan Abnett's done is he's done a list... And he's put in brackets when he would recommend you read the other books in the series around yeah. the short stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good. That's cool. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited about this month's Black Library releases, to be honest. The March ones. So, not going across the spectrum, there's some really interesting ones. So, um, Jagatai Khan, I know there's, uh, I know Alexander Glitterscaven is going to love that because he's a big, uh, White Scars fan, so um and I, I quite like to read that, see what the Khan's like. Um but there's a I can never pronounce this right, Sharkarodan's novel as well. Uh, is it I, well is it? I not that I'm the one to come to for pronunciation, but I've always heard it Carcaradons. Carcaradons, that makes much more sense than how I've been trying to say it. Carcaradons, that'll do. There you go, Lars. So, I should teach English. <laughs> so, given your recent uh, um, tirade, I'm not sure that's a good idea. Um, that's they've got a new novel. I think that's pretty cool. I've bought Ashes of Prospero uh, this weekend because uh, that details how the Space Wolves deal post the Fenris incident. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, what is it like reading a book that is just weeping? Um, I don't. I it's, it's funny because at that moment I'd have slapped you. So <laughs> that's why there was a big pause. <laughs> I reckon so, Ben. Um, stand by Ben. He's going to be excited by Jagger Khan because he he does. He's got white scars. He's got like three thousand points of white scars for. Oh, he heresy. has, and his white scars are lush. They are. So yeah, I, I think that's. I think that's cool. I like. I really liked the Primark models that I've not 
Primark novels that I've read so far. So, yeah. Yeah, I still haven't seen Fulgrim on Audible. Well, well. And I can only read one book a year, so. I don't know if I could um, tolerate Fulgrim. That's full. Sorry, that's Fulgrim the Primark novel now. Yeah. Because I've just. Because Fulgrim the other novel is on Audible. Um, Yeah. So, apart from a big segment of Galaxy of War that was essentially accented madness. There's not a lot Dude, from, from our hobby perspective so much, is there? That, that for Galaxy well, of War, we, but we talk about it when we when we talk about Into the Wilds. We talk about how there's so many things we'd like to be doing, mm. um, but we don't have the time. And that kind of applies just between 40k and Age of Sigma. It'd be wonderful to have the time to do both and Blood Bowl and Necromunda and whatever else that is out. Shadespire. I still haven't done the, the even bought the two new Shadespire. You know, gangs, no. Um, it would be lovely to do all that, but we can't. We can't do it every week. So nope. So there we are, <laughs> and, and that's it. <laughs> Profound. All right. So let's move on to the mortal realms and um, and uh, see if we can find any more common sense there. Yeah, I doubt it. I um, remember my my harbinger is a mushroom-addled mental case. So. <laughs> Guys, we'll see you in the realms. Hi, guys. Um, I'd like to be able to be as good as Dan at talking about drop pods and thundering on and all of that cool exciting stuff so just assume I said something cool and exciting <laughs> and then we can <laughs> crack on into the mortal realms um, I'm absolutely and completely obsessed with Age of Signal at the moment I know I'm, I'm literally to the point at the moment where I've got my Death Watch mini army sat on top of my recording box to try and motivate me about 40k and it's it's not really working. But, um, so I have been beavering away with the Mortal Realms painting side of it, but I've I, I've really struggled to get a game in because um, if any of you are abroad, um, you probably recognise that um, Britain has had a couple of inches of snow and then completely shut down because we're absolutely bloody hopeless at dealing with snow. Um, it makes so that me meant- laugh. Every I I will not forget that when I worked in Games Workshop Stockholm, I woke up one morning and there was snow deeper than what we had yesterday or the day before, whenever it was. And I can remember saying to Baz, oh, so what do we do today then? And he kind of looked at me as if to say, what do you mean, what do we do today? We go to work. (laughs) (laughs) And off we trudged through this snow to the bus, which arrived on time. (laughs) Took us to the train, which also arrived on time. <laughs> Took us into the centre of the, the of Stockholm, which had heated pavements. Uh, and we opened the shop and we had a normal day's trading. And then we went home. <laughs> so, Whereas I can remember when it snowed when I ran Games Workshop Truro and I opened it. And I, I sold a pot of paint all day. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason well, I got there is because I could see the shop pretty much from where I was staying. So, yeah. It's terrible, isn't it? brilliant well that's that's pretty much shut down most of my gaming for a fortnight mm. um 
They stopped me getting to work on Friday. I couldn't get the car up the hill. Really? Yeah, just slid up and down it like a weird kind of slide event with a child trying to climb up a slide and then <laughs> slide it back down again. <laughs> Mind you, I didn't. I didn't get to work yesterday because of the snow. Um, it's crazy on the hills, but there we are. So, so that's made gaming difficult for you. But painting-wise, I've been all over it. But you have actually managed to play a game, haven't you? I have, yes. I played... Did, did you use the Mortal Realms? They've got Mortal Realms. The Malign Portents um, rule set? No. Oh, lame. Well, it's because I don't have it, because you know that I was on a... Yeah, but you, you must have been playing someone who did, surely. No, Wosley didn't have it. But Tom came round, oh. who did have it. But we were already well into it by then. So we so will. Who won? We will. Did you get your ass handed to you by the Wanderers again? No, and that didn't happen last time either, thank you very much. <laughs> In fact, last time, according to my book, I won 16 points to zero. So Dan has made a stunning comeback because this time it was a minor victory to Dan. And that's because it was 17 victory points each. But Dan had killed 1,160 points and I had only killed 940. Oh, right, yeah. But yeah. it was crazy. It was crazy. It went the full five turns. So really interesting sort of swing to it. So I started off really strong with... I had 10 victory points by turn two. Yeah. Um, and Dan was only on two. But then as Dan sort of got into the swing of it, he started capturing them towards the end. Um mm. was really, really good game, actually. I had seven bloodletters who managed to shiv Dreyka, which was funny. I thought, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Well, they had two attacks each. I, my dice on that attack were just insane. I needed fives and sixes to do mortal wounds, and I killed her in one go with 15 attacks, and she's got like 10 wounds. So, yeah, that was Brilliant. pretty lucky. But, yeah, da- Dan Dan kept in there and, uh, say, pulled out a win. So, very good. Um, he also left loads and loads and loads of flipping tiny leaves all over my gaming mat because he's been redoing his bases, and they look... They look excellent, but you've been using them tiny leaves that you can Which buy. Which ones? The um, the ones that are actually cut in the shape of leaves. Yeah, yeah. And they look. I, I did. Talk, they look. Has great. he been making them using the green stuff world punches? No, that's more effort than Wosley would put in. He's bought them ready to go. Oh, I see. I really like the, them. I, I did toy with the idea of them, but well, you can have. I'll having... sweep some up here because I got loads of them. <laughs> I didn't. Um, um, they all fell off all over the place. I didn't have time to buy any, so I ended up using um, herbs. Yeah. Mixed herbs, which um, I don't think looked too bad. Good. Well, they didn't. They looked great. But So the game was good. Um, sadly, I had one unpainted model in my 2000-point army. Lame. Yeah, I know. But he is now half-painted because he's on the painting table. So that's the banner dude, the blood secretor, the one that like everybody has. I don't know why I've not painted him. But as often when I play a game, that got me excited and I wanted to paint Maybe some, um, I can't remember what they're called. I think they're called Skull Reapers. There's definitely the word skull in there. In well, the corn aren't original. They're a bit like Space Wolves, isn't there? Yeah. It's either the word wolf for Space Wolves and skull or blood for corn. It's not. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, actually. I saw a little article today about how um, even though Ultramarines are the fanboys, at least they don't go around putting Ultra at the front of everything. Oh, yeah, I read that. <laughs> I thought that you might article, have. Yeah. I, I was going to share it to you, but I thought, nah, he's probably seen it. I did. I posted my yawn gift to it. A, 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 a Ultra Scouts. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, um, yeah, so 
Good game. <laughs> What's Dan up to now? Oh, yeah, he's painting Dryka next, although he needs to pick her up from my house first. He pick her up with some of these leaves. But Oh, we played, I should say, we played Battle for the Pass. So we played Down the Table, um, which we've not done Did yet. that not really scupper you? Yeah, it was a bit of a pain, to be honest. Um, because one of the things you always talk about with the corn is how hard it is to get to your opponent. Yeah, but that's getting less. So yes, it did scupper me because I had the murder host. Um, so I got an initial sort of pounce on, and I got the double turn. So I got up the table. I got the objectives. That's why I had the early objectives. Yeah. But then Dan used his sort of a wandering ability, or um. <laughs> what is it Tom calls them? Wazzers watchamajigs or something to <laughs> appear around the back of me yeah, and um, start shooting things. Uh, and that did cause a bit of a problem. But despite that, we still, you know, we still played for the full five turns. Cool. And it's nice, really, because to be fair to Dan, and this was the same in the last, in, in the world that was, he he's always, always, always played wanderers or wood elves and it it's never really mattered whether the you know the army books have always waxed and waned for the wood elves and he's just always kept going and at the moment he's he's obviously got the stuff that come out in general's handbook 2017 but comparatively the amount of cool little bits and bobs um to my army for example or the stormcast army where you've got a whole army book he hasn't got any you know anything like the number of cool tricks and yet he perseveres and he tries out new things and he adds to his army and his painting it's almost like in the last year or so it's just gone up another level or two or three levels like the latest things he's putting on the table just look really really good and it's great seeing him doing those other basing bits yeah so we are quite pleased because tom's started tom did the full dan jolly as he coins it now um and went and bought a load of stormcast so that's good because it'll be nice to have some Stormcast to play against. And then we can obviously play you when you venture up this way. And Ben Chambers is pushing his Beast Claws because we just need a bit more variety. Uh, yeah. And we're too lazy to get up and go and find people. No, that's not <laughs> true. We do do that. There's a tournament. <laughs> There's a tournament on the 29th of April at Big. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I saw that. I, yeah. I'm thinking about that. Yeah, well, I need to negotiate with... Um, How many points is it? A thousand. I can do a thousand. Yeah. Yeah, well, a thousand's very sort of achievable, isn't it? What are the things... Oh, the god beasts. Yeah. I probably won't refer... I was going to say I need to negotiate with... the, And I was trying to think what they were called. They're called the god beasts. I'm not going to call Harriet a god beast, because that would be inappropriate. Yeah, yes, mate. <laughs> it would be inappropriate. Let's just I'm glad let's you just, worked that out before let's you just hope, her, Let's just hope she doesn't listen to this. But anyway, I need to see if I can go. Yeah, I, I think that would be pretty cool. I, I'm I'm really keen to do that actually because it would be a nice kind of finish point to my my um, Orokami. Well, you did, and you um, did say you wanted to do. I do. It's one of my hobby goals of the year is to do an Age of Sigma tournament. Hmm. Um, I mean, I'd love to do loads, but it's, it's just time is it's difficult. Yeah, well, but hopefully yeah. we can do that one then. I'll run it past um, the calendar and see what, what comes out at the other <laughs> end. <laughs> yes. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you I'm gonna send you a picture now because I want I want to show you um, you you know uh, there you go I posted it to you. Oh my goodness me! 
<laughs> wow. So I've just sent down a picture of um, a great and clean one by Iron Sleet. Um, That's amazing, isn't it? It is because, and I've sent it because I think I've never seen anything like it with the great and clean one. It's done so that half of the body or the lower body is roots and trees, and then the top half is all green and mouldy and like rotting in kind of wood sense rather than a biological material sense um it's done by iron sleet and um at this point it'd be really cool if people had the show notes to to read when they had it but um what i'll do is i'll I'll make sure it's posted on our facebook before we get to this episode so um you'll be able to see it i i think it's phenomenal dan um really really do and I've I've wanted to share it with you because one of the things I really love about Age of Sigma is how broad it's allowing people to be with their hobby. Yes. And that that I uh, for me I don't know whether he's made it for Age of Sigma or whether he's made it for um 40k but um it fits with the with the kind of war in the realm of life that's that Nurgle's been having with the Sylvaneth for ever. Um, I think it's stunning. Absolutely stunning. Yeah, it is excellent. Absolutely brilliant. Sorry, I've just gone quiet because I'm looking at it. It um, gives you a chance to talk, I suppose, doesn't it? Um, it does give me a chance to talk. talk. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Really, really good. There's some. There's such good hobby stuff going on right now. It's just brilliant, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. It is. It kind of makes me feel that just painting my Oryx straight out of the box yeah, is a bit, it's, a, it's a bit lame. <laughs> but um, I th- I'm really happy with the Oryx army. Um, so at the moment, it stands at 10 Ard Boys, um, a War Chanter, three Gore Grunters and Stink Mullet. And, and then in the larger Destruction army, the, uh, the, the 52 Goblins as well, which... Um, I'd probably cut down to 40 because anything over that and I'd be paying the extra for them without getting the full whack, if you know what I mean. Oh, because you'd have to have two mobs. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. And um, Or well, you probably... could expand it to 80. Yes, but then they if I do too many points of them, they wouldn't count. The rest of my orcs wouldn't count as um, troops, battle line. Oh, because so... you need to take them as the allies. Yeah. Ah. Um, so I, in the last game I played, so I don't know if I've spoken about this game. I played a game with them, a thousand points against John uh, and his corn, and that was a bit of a getting started mark two for me. Um, it certainly was getting started with the army. Really enjoyed that game, and thanks John for that. Um, in that I had um, orc war boss on foot, another ten hard boys, and that largely made up my army, and that was a thousand points. So. What I might do is replace the Ard Boys with a unit of five brutes and then keep the war boss on foot. Be nice what do you to think? see some brutes. I love brutes. I think I think the brute models are just incredible. Yeah, they are very good. So one of the things that's in the book um that I'm quite keen to sort of do, even though I'm not sure it's much of a bonus in rules wise, but there there's um there's rules for the Ard Boys having shields. I was gonna do you remember the old um war boss that looks like a Iron Jaw and the orc that was 
released for the uh, Golden uh, Games Day 2000 and maybe 2004 maybe. Yeah, I think I do. Yeah, and he's got his arms crossed, and there's a little goblin in front. Oh of his yeah, arms yeah, crossed. I know the one. Yeah, he's got a shield on his back. I reckon I can make five or six of those out of plasticard um, and make a unit of of boys, hard boys with shields, just just for the fun of it. <laughs> what does the shield do? So it discounts a wound on six plus. Hmm. What does having the what do they normally have? Two. So they normally have either two choppers or a big chopper. Um, so the big chopper thing has less attacks, but uh, more of a rend. Mm-hmm. It's minus minus two, perhaps, or minus one. Anyway, and the the two choppers have more attacks and less of a rend, so it balances out. Um, one more useful for one thing, and the other's more useful for others. But the shield, you only get like one attack with a reduced profile for the chopper, so they definitely won't hit as hard. Mm. But I, I was going to say, I don't know how resilient negating a wound on a 6-plus would be, but then my Iron Snakes, when I'm using the Iron Hands rule, it's surprising how often that saves an Iron Snake. So Yeah, well, just, just not often enough to annoy me, I think. <laughs> so I think um, I might do them just for a hobby project. Yeah, well, it'd be cool. be different. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. So I... I what do you think of that army as a thousand points? Or would would you change out? Well, it's difficult um, to know without sitting and trawling through the book, to be honest. I think I think it would look... I think the main thing is, mate, it would look cool on the table and it gives you a bit of a range of things to use. Mm. Um, when you're playing, you know, you've got a bit of speed, you've got a bit of infantry, you've got a hero, and that's what you need at this stage. Excuse me, I'm yeah. just going to do a massive yawn in the middle of the podcast, boring myself. <laughs> That's brilliant, there. Um, yeah, so I think it's just good to have a range of things. Um, yeah. And then play some games. That's what you've got to do. And you can theory hammer all day long, but until you actually get on the table and start rolling the dice. Theory hammer, I love that. Yeah. You went, well, Dan, Dan and I are always chatting about this idea and that idea but you you really do you just need to get it on the table and get playing yeah and see where it comes out yeah yeah so i'm just worried i'm not going to be able to have much of a time play testing them so but we'll see but it'll be good to be playing some games and they'll always yeah, be we'll... me you know to be below you on any table of <laughs> victory so joe um joe bought a, a box of colonel hunters yesterday did she yeah she did yeah oh brilliant she was putting them together last night. Um, she's gone for the bows. I think she just wants to paint them at the moment. Yeah. Um, would be quite cool if she got an army together so I could play someone regularly. But um, that's really, I, I was really chuffed with that. Um, she gave up on the dryads because she couldn't be asked to put them together. And I, I have very little sympathy for her. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't be asked to put together most of them. I, I'm not a massive fan of putting models together, to be honest. Um, not large units, for sure. Because they just they just take a long time. Yeah. Um. Once you've gone past the cool stage of sort of um choosing the bits that are going to go on and and posing them, it just it goes down to cleaning them up, spending hours filing bits off, and then undercoating them and realise you've missed a mould line and all that crap. <laughs> <laughs> I can certainly see her pain, uh, but I don't have any sympathy because we've we've just got to suck it up, haven't we? Thing is. Um, sorry, going backwards a little bit, you might as well do a couple of them with shields because 
They don't all have to have them. No, they don't. No. So you can just have a couple, and then when you are allocating wounds, stick them on them. Yeah, that's quite a cool idea. I, I was thinking more of a whole whole sort of squad of them, but that's quite a cool idea. No, just put a couple in. Yeah. So. I, re- I used to really like the old Black Hawk models with the two arms waving above their head. Because um, there was a there was an article on how to paint them in the very first white dwarf that I had, um, but I never got round to. Oh yeah, you should totally do that thing with the shields, dude. Because you can, if you take a mortal wound, because it's not a save, you can allocate the mortal wound to the guy with shield, and then on a six, it's discounted. Oh yeah. What what made you just think of that? Well, because I was thinking about it when I was looking it at the rule, so I've just gone into the rules those epically long four pages and read yeah. the mortal wounds thing to check the wording. Yeah. And it, 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 it does say, it says do not make hit wound or save rolls for a mortal wound. Just allocate the wounds to models from the target unit as described above. So you still allocate mortal wounds. And that's the key thing. Cause it states when a wound is allocated to a model with the shield, roll the dice on a six plus it's discounted. Cool. I'll be putting a few of them in every unit then. I suppose the only thing is it's a mortal wound. Or wound. I don't know. I'm getting pedantic now. I think I think that they're worth having anyway. I think they'll be fun to make out a plastic card as well. So. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The modelling opportunities are excellent. <laughs> <laughs> it's finding some of the hard boys with um, arms that go across their chest. That's that's going to be the challenge, I think. Anyway, we are we are coming to the end of our Mortal Realms tour. And um, we should head off to talk to the community. Forward to the community. Welcome back, fellow listeners. Say fellow listeners as if I listen to it myself, I suppose I do. Yeah, cool. (laughs) Anyway, we're in the pod. It's quite a community uh, of fun and excitement inside a drop pod, as you can imagine, thundering towards a planet. Um, And community speaking, Ben has been beavering away on the website, adding some epic technological functionality in the form of a map. Uh, And a calendar. Is that right, dude? Yeah, and a calendar. And a calendar? Sorry. Sorry, and a calendar. I apologise. And a calendar. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Is it interactive? Uh, yeah. Well, you can read it. Oh, it's flipping. Blimey. Right. That's quite <laughs> exciting, man. Look. <laughs> <laughs> so, come on. Tell so, us what you've been doing. I think um, one of the things that we've always tried to do, or, or hopefully tried to do, and I hope it's come across, is is support the community. We really enjoy the, the game gaming community. So, We've always wanted to give something back so that this podcast is, is, is a, always been a little bit about helping the groups around us, helping people around us. Things like model of the day has always been about not just sharing something and going, look how cool this is, because that's awesome, but also going, look how cool this painter is. I think sometimes it's really hard to know about these people unless you're really looking out for them or, you know, got your finger in all these pies. So, We've always tried to give people shout outs where we can. And, and part of that is people do tend to come to us a lot, don't they, Dan? And say, is there a club in our area? Or do you know of a club in here? Or yes. is there anywhere I can go to play 40k? Or, and that happens surprisingly regularly. Um, and 
we've enjoyed searching out clubs for people. Um, we tend to focus, obviously, people ask us about Bristol and the Cornwall area. But that is probably helpful because we don't know much about the others. Um, but out of that <laughs> idea, out of that asking, I thought, well, wouldn't it be awesome if I could give someone or signpost someone to some form of document or map where I could go, well, check it out. You know, here, here's um, a map and, and see if there's anything local to you. So I, I sat down and I put all of the clubs that I could find in the southwest so far, the southwest of England, um, and the local game stores and um, games workshops, and popped them all on a Google map, um, and then a list of all the club nights and gaming clubs that I could find, so that that's available for people to see. And I know other places do it, uh, and there's the gaming club network and various other things do something similar, but... Um, but they don't have the epic beard that you perhaps, have. Perhaps not. But that, that's that's kind of what we've done. So on our website now, um, which I rebuilt as well, and I hope you like it. It's a bit prettier and not so old-fashioned. But um, there is forward slash community. So com forward slash community is a page literally geared towards helping to support you guys. And... I want that to be as much as possible supporting you everywhere you are, because I know we've got listeners everywhere. Um, I can see that by where people download on Podbean. Um, there's one person in Russia, man. There's a, there's a couple in Chile. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Hi. And um, if you have a local club you want me to put on the map, then give me a shout, because you, you guys can drive that um, and... I'm quite happy to put the, the clubs on that we come across. I've got a few to put on up near Nottingham. Um, is it welcome to the, um, greetings from the warp and greetings from signal? There you go. It's a group up in a club up in Nottingham and I'm going to stick those on because, um, you know, they, they've been really interactive with us and it'd be nice to give something back. So, um, also one of the things I'm trying to do is create an events calendar because I know one of the things that, I've spoken to a couple of guys who um, run stores or venues down in the south, and and they've said it would actually be really useful to have a kind of centralised calendar as much as possible to um, to see whether or not anyone else is running an event. Because if you're running a Shadespire event on Saturday or something, and the the store just down the road is doing the same, you know it's not, not such a bit of a bummer. So I've done that too. So there's a calendar on there. It'll also help me plan my life if you're doing that. <laughs> yeah, and but the <laughs> that's going to be really tough for me to keep on track of. If I see an event come up, I will pop it on there. But if you want us to put an event on there, uh, then just give us a message and we will we will stick it on there. The more of you do that, the easier it will be to keep that calendar up to date. Um, and then every time. Yeah, and I think if you make yourselves known to us through Facebook as well, yeah. because or Twitter, then we can follow you or your club or whatever it is. And then when you create an event, we'll get the notification just by being in Facebook, yes, won't we? Yeah, although sometimes I don't seem to, but yeah, um, absolutely. Or if we get invited, I suppose, although people, you know, might not want to invite invite us because um we're a bit crazy yeah 
that's that's pretty fair. <laughs> but yeah, that's one way. That's one way you can find out. Alternatively, just just message us the details. <laughs> so, um, what that's going to do is actually feed into this section a little bit. So, as well as talking about cool groups that we have in the past, like Mayor Solum, which still, if you haven't gone to see Mayor Solum, then why why haven't you gone? <laughs> oh, mate, I saw some flipping awesome stuff the other day. Oh, yeah, definitely check um, that out. We're gonna we're gonna sort of talk through the events that are coming up over the next t- two weeks until the next podcast. So um, when you listen to this, it should be at least the sixth of March. And this weekend, as we're recording, down the Terror um, Store, Terror Terror Gaming Store in Newton Abbott, have been running a twenty four hour paintathon. So um, kudos to anyone there who's managed to complete that because they're they're pretty savage. That is. <laughs> Yeah, did you do that? I've, I've done, done a couple. Um, I've done oh, one as a I've done one hard. as a cust- as a participant and one as a staff member where mm-hmm. I was painting the store's Empress Pilgrim's army. Um, mm-hmm. I never wanted to see green again after that, but um, <laughs> they were painted in the colours of the local football team. Thanks for voting for that, guys. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but they they. They had theirs over the weekend, and I really hope that went well. Um, and I've been chatting to those guys recently, so um, made contact with them. And I've... it'd be nice to see some pictures of stuff that was that was painted. Yeah, if, uh, it would if they're listening in and they they can get some. And um, I have it on good authority from um, staff in the area um, that they're a really cool venue. So um, shout out to Terra in uh, in um, Newton Abbott. That's T E R. Uh, and over the next couple of weeks, it's mostly X-Wing, actually. So Barb's, um, which is in Red Ruth, running an X-Wing tournament on Friday night, which is two days from when this is released. Um, and there's a Star Wars gaming night at um, Curtain Games as well. Uh, Curtain Games is in Crediton. Um, really ought to get up to there. Which at some point we will drive to from our respective places. We have meet. to, because it's, it's kind of middle yes. distance. And um, yeah. Then at the weekend, it, you, the the way the time it's taken us to get to to actually do that, you'd think we were taking the flipping ring to Mordor <laughs> and making such of a to do of it. Um, at the weekend, it's um, Bristol Independent Gaming are running their Deadlier Deathlock 2018 series Heat Two. Um, so if you're interested in that, that's going on. And the the Southwest X Wing Regional is being hosted at the Queen Elizabeth Community College in Crediton. Um, which is being run by the uh, Curtain Games, which is, I mean, we both play X-Wing. Um, to say that we're Star Wars fans is an understatement, and um, we both enjoy the game. I know that um, it's quite big down here in the Southwest, so that that's probably a big thing for a lot of people. Um, and then more X-Wing next Friday on the 16th, um, and that's being hosted at Bristol Independent Gaming, and that's the Friday Night X-Wing 3. Um then we go on to uh, Bristol Independent Gaming on that weekend is running Tides of War, so Kings of War event um, on the 17th. Um, Curtin are running Age of Sigma event for Malai Importance, which is pretty cool. Nice to see an actual event based on, Malai, on the Malai Importance, actually, dude. Yeah, that is cool. Um, and the Catonian Conflict 2, which is a... Um, 40k match play, 1,000 point um, tournament. That's happening on the, the same same weekend, actually. 
And um, and then finally, before the next podcast, is the Bristol Pendant Gaming are running Blood Red Skies demo games, um, which is a new World War Two mass air combat game from Warlord Games, and that's being demoed on the 18th in their store. So, oh dear, why did you remind me about that? What? I really wanted to do that, to go to that, and then I think I couldn't, but it was cancelled, and this is the the another one. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> oh, flipping Nora. Oh, well. Okay, cool. So that, that's a rundown of the events that we know over the next two weeks. There is an event that I've just seen today. Um, it's on, I think it's this weekend, which is a bummer, 10th of, 10th of March. Nowhere near us, though. Games Workshop Salisbury. Um, I've got David Soper in dudes to sit and paint really for the whole day yeah as a sitting gamer giving like tips and lessons which is just salisbury's not that far from oh, me it's a long way from me you're down well yeah and also i'm gonna be down that way by then but i mean that's wicked if you if you live anywhere near salisbury you'd be mad not to go down and sit with um and listen to what david soper has to say um i learned more in an hour sat with tommy saul in in truro than i have done in years of painting so you know sitting down with a master painter is worth its weight in gold and you would pay significant amount of money to do that um so take that opportunity if you're in salisbury because that is that's a phenomenal event and um you know well done for the guys at salisbury for sorting that out for people absolutely so there we go that's our community over the next two weeks um dun, dun, dun. like i said if you want to us to give a shout out to a com- to you know about an event or you want us to sort of feedback on how an event went then send us your stuff seriously mainly because we just love looking at what people are getting up to we say that a lot but it, it is honestly true we we do we absolutely do and on that point um and if i'm throwing this out there too soon ben you can just edit it out but we are going to um we're going to set up a group aren't we group page Facebook group page. It's all ready to go. Pardon? It's pre- it's essentially ready to go. We're just setting up the moderators and stuff. So, but yeah. Yeah. So some friends of the show, just to, to coin a phrase here a lot, some friends of the show are going to help with moderating that. But the main reason we wanted to do that is we see some awesome stuff and have some awesome conversations with, with, with some of you guys um, through Facebook. But it'd be really nice to see more of that stuff popping up and more of the interactions between you guys. Um, and a group page, group Facebook thing is is a better forum for that. So we still have the page, and that will be where we'll communicate um, and post articles, all the goings yeah. on for those that are interested in in those things. Um, but the group will be there for you guys, really, and just to to you know hand over to the community um, with the random bit of peapod input every now and then. Eh? Yeah, yeah. So that should be um that should be up and running by the possibly by the time that this is um broadcast. If it's not up by then, I'll uh I'll whip Ben some more. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just for a pastime. <laughs> Doom <laughs> Shall we move on? <laughs> Alrighty. Let's head on over to the wilds. To the wilds to be Hi guys, and uh, welcome into the worlds. Um, we've been uh, trying to think of something to talk about for the last 
hour and a half, and um, it came to us <laughs> just quite suddenly that um, one of the things that's been sort of talked about this last um, week is uh, this new Conquest magazine, um, which is okay. It's Games Workshop related, but um, we haven't been uh, we haven't seen anything out outside of Games Workshop for the last two weeks that we've um, we know enough about to talk about. That's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah. Um, so Conquest is a new serial magazine coming up by Games Workshop. Um, and it's going to have a little bit of hobby in every, every week by the sound of it. Um, which is kind of my only fault with it. But we'll come back to that in a second. Um, Games Workshop have done this before very, very successfully with the Lord of the Rings magazines. And they had models on the front and they were released in news agents across the country. And they got a metric buttload of people into the hobby. Um, of course, if you in, if you know about the history of the Lord of the Rings, um, and the, the Games Workshops kind of, um, how, how that kind of ended up happening and then ended up not happening, you'll know that, uh, people stopped buying Lord of the Rings because they went off and found something else, which was probably the release of Pokemon, which blew like children's <laughs> minds at the time. Um, <laughs> um, but I still think that there's a ton of hobbyists that are into the hobby now because of those magazines. Oh, and, undoubtedly. Uh, and I'm really excited by this. And to say that they're value for the money, for the money that you're paying for them is a bit of an understatement. So for the first issue, which is always with these things preposterously cheap, it's, um, it's the small, easy build box of Primaris, which is three Primaris. That's 10 quid. There's three paints at £2.50 each odd, um, a brush, and um, the magazine itself, which amounts almost to 20 quid's worth of stuff for They're two quid. They're full paints as well, um, aren't they? Sorry? They're full paints. I thought they might have been those little paints, but they're not. No, they're the full pots, yeah. So I think the idea is if you collect this whole thing, you will have a ready-to-go sort of hobby collection. Hmm. Um, the second one is the three easy build Death Guard. I don't have any of those Death Guard and I don't have any of the Primaris. So I'm almost certainly going to get the first, um, the first four, I think, just to see how they go. If I can get the first edition, the first one multiple times, I'll probably buy one for Tristan as well. Cause I think, yeah, I think it's wicked. Um, where they're going to go outside of that, they say there's going to be 80 issues. They're 7.99 each after the first two. So the first one's two. Or one ninety nine. The second one is four ninety nine, and then then seven ninety nine after that. If they'd done the monthly, mate, I'd have been all over this. But it seems a lot for weekly. Yes, it's interesting. So, what do you think? Firstly, I'm really excited by it because, like you said, it echoes the Lord of the Rings thing, um, that w- which was really successful, coupled with the Lord of the Rings films at the time, which drove it as well. But in this way, because it's Games Workshop's own IP, I think it's more sustainable. Um, and it's another way yep. to get out there, find new hobbyists. And any of that, you, you know, anybody that's listened to more than like three of our episodes will know that I'm just intensely into that idea of, of how it, how important it is to get products on the shelf and products out there to encourage and engage new hobbyists so that's really really good really pleased with that um would i it's not something i'm thinking of subscribing to myself and that's not a reflection on the quality of it It, it's just the fact that a i've got all the paints and b those miniatures i I just don't need 
more miniatures right this minute because I've already got a direction with my hobby. Yeah, um, yeah. My reservation on the price, um, and to be fair, like you said, it's not at all about the value. The value is fantastic. Um, I think if you think about the target demographic, and I could be wrong because... You know, it's been when I was younger, it was a long time ago now, but I think the sort of 30 to 40 pounds a month that little Jimmy or little Jimmyette <laughs> is going to be asking, um, their parents to, to put into this to keep it coming in is quite a lot. Yes, I, I agree. And, and I think that's a shame because I think. I don't know, but maybe, maybe, maybe the longer term thing isn't what they're really going for. It's just trying to get people to pick up the first couple and then they'll discover a games workshop. Um, and, and actually the idea is that the, the few individuals that do pick it up over the longer term is what funds those initial loss leader products. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know without, without getting like deeply into it um but e- equally it may be something because it doesn't seem to be a release date and it, it may be something that they're intending to run in the background all the time um so you could you could um buy a month and then wait a month and then buy another month and then wait a month and then buy another do you see what i mean so you could you could almost purchase them at your own pace yeah and you get i mean there is the free gifts isn't there if you subscribe initially so there's like a mug and a couple of other cool bits um oh one of the painting handles yeah. a way to get hold of one of the rare painting handles is one of the free gifts and it's not like the books that they did with them where there's 80 of those and there's a purpose to collecting all 80 and as much as when you're done you've got like this cool piece of artwork on this on the backs of the books um yeah yeah like Iron Maiden did yeah. with their albums. And it's, so it's not like one of those, yeah. but it's definitely an idea we'll see more of because Games Workshop recently advertised and we're trying to hire a team, a small team or a leader for a team of people to work with Partworks to create these sort of products. Yeah. Um, and, and like I say, it, you know, getting it out there, more things to get out there in front of people, you know, anything that puts, and I think it's, it looks to be a better introduction. You know, White Dwarf's a wonderful magazine, don't get me wrong, and they've put some cool stuff in it recently to help people pick it up maybe for the first or second time. But if you're 10, 11, 12 years old and you're in Smith's, while that's still a thing, and um, looking at magazines, you, you know, getting something that you can take home and interact with. We've said this loads of times, you know, that when when somebody comes into games for the first time the most important thing is that they leave with something it doesn't matter what it is but they need something that they can take away and interact with away from the shop um like a miniature like a single miniature so yeah it's good for that well my my first couple of white dwarves was the one with the wizard on the front and then the one with the corn berserker on the front they were my first two and that was for a reason because my parents saw more value in picking up a white dwarf with a free model on the front. Yeah. Now, back back then, there there was a lot of free stuff on the front of lots of different magazines. So, computer magazines had like floppy disks on the front, 
and um, I'm sounding proper old now. Um, <laughs> and uh, and the, and the, the model again, the white dwarf quite often had something free in with it. Um, now now you don't tend to so much. You do occasionally, and I know with kids' magazines you pay a ridiculous amount and get just a, a handfuls of crap, plastic, horrible stuff that just litters my house for me to stand on. Um, <laughs> you sound like a dude out of that grumpy old men program. Yeah, it, it's absolutely hilarious until you stand on one of their bloody Lego pieces. Those sharp angles. Oh, anyway. So there is, I think, a huge set, you know, as for eight quid for a magazine is a lot, but it's not that much more when you're getting 20 quids worth of product. That's an easy sell, isn't it? For me, but it is the weekly thing that really I think is just, oh, it's just, it's a bitter pill. I was hoping for it to be monthly. So when it was highlighted that it was weekly, I was, well, there we go. It, it is what but it is. It does look cool. So let's get the link in the show notes. Once you've got all 80 of them, I reckon you'll have a hell of a hobby collection. Oh, yeah, you would. Yeah. Just to start out. Well, let's get a link in the show notes and then we can get some thoughts, can we, from some people and see what they think. But definitely seems, definitely seems to be, what a ridiculous comment. Um, it certainly seems to be, that's pretty much the same. I reckon it's targeted at new people. <laughs> <laughs> and course, yeah, uh, I think is. what's interesting and as I often say, time and the sales will tell as to whether that price point is a little bit on the high side to retain people who are probably looking to parents for pocket money to get it and younger, or whether I'm completely off the mark and actually that's not where it's targeted at all. But at least they're trying. Um, recent results have shown that a lot of what's being tried is working. So good luck to it. And um, as long as it creates some more hobbyists who hopefully I will be better at playing than because I've been playing for 20 years, then that's fine. Now, you and I both know, like, that that's just never the tra- <laughs> never the case. <laughs> no, I know. Get thrashed regularly by people yeah. who just started. Let let them win. Well, it's been, um, it's been a, a pleasure uh, talking to you, Dan. As always. I think it's time to... Um, time to wrap it up. Time to head off I into the sunset. Listeners, it's been emotional. Put down your refreshments. (laughs) We're off. See you later. Bye. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.